okay then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Live from the Oxford Community Studios, it is the Wolf and Luke Show here on a Tuesday. Wolf, this is an interesting way to start the show. Yeah, I'm just it standing is. in the corner broadcasting today. It's kind of a little weird right now because can I pull the curtain back? Is that okay Please if do. I do it right so now? People don't think I've lost. You my got mind. Luke Lipinski, ladies and gentlemen, of uh, the Wolf and Luke Show once again broadcasting here in the Oxford Community Studios, and yet he's standing right now at a guest mic as a Opposed to his normal workplace. And one of the reasons why is because his board just went off. <laughs> it just blinked. Is that what you're saying it's right just, there? It's gone. It just went goodbye. And uh, that is a major meltdown, especially when it happens 23 seconds before <laughs> you go live. Well, why wouldn't it happen right before you go live? Look, it's better that it happens right before you go live than when you're live. And right? I just got authenticated as well. <laughs> oh, We're my off to goodness. a great start. Wolf's locked out of his email. I'm pretty sure I got locked out of my email, too, and, and I obviously can't speak into a normal microphone. But we got this one over here, Wolf, and we do have a lot to get to today. Uh, Paul Calvisi is going to join us. Brock Heward is going to join us to talk about that. Um, I don't even know how to describe that game last night. It was entertaining. Uh, it was not well coached on one side, I don't think. I mean, it's one game for Nathaniel Hackett. It's the first game. It's probably not easy to go into Seattle, of all places, and coach in that environment in your first game. Doesn't mean he won't have a great career as a head coach, but that was an odd game. Uh, Drew Stanton will join us as well. So we've uh, got a lot of football to get into. But we are going to start with the story that just broke in about the last hour or so on the Phoenix Suns. And you'll have to forgive me for not having the headline because everything I own just shut down. Uh, Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver suspended, fined $10 million after investigation finds conduct, quote, clearly violated, unquote, workplace standards. That is the story on ESPN today. There is a more extensive story actually now on ArizonaSports.com. Yeah, this is one of those situations. The news just came down, and it's a one-year suspension, of course, of Robert Sarver and a $10 million fine to the organization overall. Um, My initial reaction to this is this. If you don't like Robert Sarver, this was not the knockout blow you were looking for. This was not a Donald Sterling moment, I think, Luke, if you were looking for that. Um, Yes, uh, if you are a fan of Robert Sarver, if you like Robert Sarver, um, yes, you had to pay $10 million. Yes, he's suspended for a year. Yes, it's not going to help his his Q rating. It's not going to do that. At the same time, um, you know what? Uh, I think it's a win overall. Yeah, it's uh, there's a 43-page report out there that you can read if you want all the details. I'm not going to read you all 43 pages on the air. But the long and short of it is that he, Robert Sarver, gets suspended for a year. 
He cannot be present at any NBA or WNBA facility, office, or uh, practice facility during that time. He can't attend any league events or represent the Suns or Mercury in any capacity. Can't be involved in the business operations of the teams. Must complete a training program focused on respect and appropriate conduct in the workplace. And he is fined $10 million, which is the max allowed by the NBA Constitution. You know, people are going to have mixed feelings on this, Wolf, mm-hmm. certainly. Uh, you know, <laughs> you you read some of the findings, and then you read a year, and, you know, people are going to think it's not long enough. People are going to think it's, you know, probably just right, I guess. I mean, there's there's going to be a wide range of opinions on it. It's obviously a very controversial situation, but, uh, you know, the NBA, this story came out in November, right? ESPN had the story in November, and then they investigated, and then we didn't hear anything, basically, for the most part, until today. They just dropped it. Yeah, you know, once again, uh, I think going back to Donald Sterling and what happened with Donald Sterling of the Clippers, of course, and the fact he was banned, banned for life. Um, this this is not that situation right now. And again, depending on whether you're a fan of Robert Sarver or whether you don't like Robert Sarver, you're, you're going to... To use the Donald Sterling, you're going to use that example. And that typically is the reason why I, I say this is maybe if you like Donald, if you, if you like Robert Sarver, this is a victory. Uh, Woj also tweeted out within the last, I don't know, 20 minutes or so ago. He said, uh, while the NBA says Robert Sarver cooperated fully with the investigative process, sources tell Baxter Holmes and me being Woj that the Suns owner was unaccepting of idea he deserved a one-year suspension and a $10 million fine for his behavior. The punitive part of the process became largely acrimonious. So that's from Woj within like the last 20 minutes. So, um, look. The, the response, waiting for the response from the Phoenix Suns right now is going to be key going forward. That's that's a great point. We don't really have, we've got 43 pages in a document that that detail the NBA's findings in the uh, in the law firm that they had do this, they they detail their findings, but we don't have a response from the Suns yet, which is um, I would assume going to come down certainly yeah. within our show, maybe within the next <laughs> who knows five minutes. Well, it's interesting because once again, uh, Robert Sarver back in October they released the Suns released a. A statement on this and when they released it they basically denied all of it and saying Robert Sarver at least saying that these did not happen and um that's going to be interesting to see how they respond to this as well going forward. Yeah, the the story that we have up on Arizona Sports has a, sort of a recap of that statement where Sarver back in November said he welcomed the league to investigate, quote, which may prove our only outlet for clearing my name and the reputation of an organization of which I'm so very proud, unquote. So yeah. that was the uh, that was Sarver. That was Sarver back in November. And now here we are. So, you know, I, I kind of put myself in Robert Sarver's shoes right now. Just think about it. Everybody can do that. You can put yourself into this situation. How would you see this? Would you see this as as a win, a one year suspension, 10 million dollar fine? Forget about the 10 million, the one year suspension. The fact they found anything to a point where you're going to be away from the team for a full year. Um, I, I just knowing Robert Sarver, my initial reaction to this is, 
I think he's going to fight that. Yeah, I, I can't imagine he's happy. That's that's why I'm, I'm waiting to to hear the Suns' response. And obviously, they got to be you know you got to put the effort into making sure you craft that just right because it's going to be dissected. We're going to dissect it. Everybody's going to dissect the Suns' response to this. But uh, I, I tend to believe you're right that Robert Sarver, especially if this Woj tweet is correct, where where he's he's already saying Sarver cooperated with the investigation, but then did not expect a one year suspension and ten million dollar fine for his behavior. Yeah, and that last sentence from Woj. The punitive part of the process became larger, acrimonious. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming if, if Sarver wasn't happy then, he's probably not going to suddenly be happy so today. But if, who knows? if you didn't think that was fair, if you, think, you didn't think that was accurate, if it wasn't true, when you fight that to the ground, of course. Yeah, I don't know. Because like I said, other people are going to read this, certainly, and be like, if you read the findings before you read the actual punishment, it's easy to be like, whoa, it's only a year. You know, but then you yeah. look at it the other way. If you read the year first, if you read that before the findings, you're like, one year and ten million dollars is, is not. That's not nothing. You're away from you. You can't be anywhere near your team for a year. Yeah, I mean, think how much can change in a year. So um, now, look, we all, we all knew at some point this was going to uh, to come down. It was just a matter of when. And the NBA did a pretty solid job of keeping everything quiet until all of a sudden just dropping all of it this morning. And for me right now, based on the thing I think of immediately, Luke, is the players. The players and the coaches inside that locker room and how this will have any impact whatsoever. I, I know this much right here that when the story came down in October... Um, that was a situation you were just as a player. Hey, you were going to let the NBA go about their business. You were going to, you were going to do your job. You were going to let the NBA have their investigation. You didn't know maybe if what they were going to find. You know, no you, point in speculating as there, a player. There's at that no, point, no point in speculating whatsoever. Do your job. You're a professional athlete. Go do your job. Um, and I think that's what the Suns did. Now, uh, going forward, it's going to be interesting to see how they feel as well. All right, we come back, and certainly we'll follow this story all day. Like I said, we're awaiting a uh, a response from the Suns, which is going to be coming at some point. But when we come back, the Cardinals take that loss on Sunday. What is, what's the issue? Is it just one game, or is there a bigger problem that they're dealing with? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Cliff Kingsbury, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. On the jog! Let's go! Cliff grinds. Like, he is here in this building all the time. Like, 4 a.m. Unbelievable coach. Great guy. He's not facing the same scrutiny. That pretty boy football they tried to tag us with so many years ago. Doesn't really talk much. Just kind of talks what he wants. And guys want to play for guys like that. You're only good as your last session. Wolf and Luke. Talk Cardinals. Now. All right, we've had... Over 24 hours, close to 48 hours now to let that game against the Kansas City Chiefs sink in, Wolf, and uh, and start to come to uh, to terms with the loss and turn your attention now forward to this uh, upcoming week's game against the Las Vegas Raiders, a game that is extremely vital, I would say, for both teams, considering the divisions they play in. Uh, certainly, we know how important it is for the Cardinals. The Raiders are 0-1 in a division where you really can't afford very many losses, and their schedule is not very easy after this Cardinals game either. And, of course, the Cardinals have the Rams coming to town next, next weekend. So this is a game of two teams, very desperate teams, in the second week of the season. But I'm still trying to come to terms with what exactly happened on Sunday, honestly. 
How so, Luke? <laughs> How would you say that? Because honestly, right now, I, I'm looking at a team that is all about the offense. And that was something that you and I have been talking about all offseason, as a matter of fact. It was going to be the strength of this team going forward. And the offense did not go out and produce. And that, to me, when that happens, I... I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I guess the better way to put it is I'm, I'm trying to come to terms with what it means going forward. I, I didn't expect them to beat the Chiefs just because I don't expect Patrick Mahomes to lose in Week 1 because Patrick Mahomes doesn't lose in Week 1. Yeah. He hasn't his entire career, and he doesn't even throw interceptions. He almost threw a two against the Cardinals, but he didn't. Um, it's more what does it mean. The offense struggling is concerning, but... I've seen this offense succeed before, and they are banged up. So the offense I look at and I say, he probably should have got some preseason reps. As it turns out now, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. But, but that is certainly something. And the injuries. The defense, I'm really you know, nervous slash frustrated with. It's just one game. It's against maybe the most high-powered offense in football, or certainly one of the two or three with Kansas City. But that, to me, is is... Am I coming to terms with the fact that they're going to have to score 30 points each yeah. week to win? Or was it just a one-week thing? Yeah, you know, honestly, once again, I do believe it's going to be a situation where the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to be in the top five in terms of points per game. They're going to have to score. Um, listen, the resources they've they've actually handed out here, they're all on the offensive side of the ball for the most part. Um, listen, this is where their talent pool truly is. It's not a surprise to anybody that has followed the NFL looking at these two units, the offense and the defense, that Kyler Murray and the offense is really the strength. If, if in fact, again, they do not go out and play well and hold up their end of the bargain, um, this is this could be a long year, no doubt. Uh, Colin Cowherd was not <laughs> not not overly nice about his assessment of the Cardinals. I'm going to play a couple of these clips from the herd yesterday. The quarterback and the agent are mad. They go public. The team's unhappy. They go public with an addendum that our quarterback doesn't work hard enough and plays video games. These two aren't even hiding it. So you know if if that's what we're seeing publicly. Between the coach, the GM, uh, the owner, and the player, and the agent, that's it's. It, they can't even hide their disdain and their disagreements. So I think right now there's a cultural issue with Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to add one more here from uh, from Cowherd. They're going to be a wildly inconsistent team because in any business, if you start skipping steps. You start skipping steps. We're not going to put in the time here. We're not going to practice as hard. You can beat a lot of bad teams. They're going to beat Seattle twice. You can beat a lot of average people, a lot of average businesses, a lot of average teams that way. But you're going to get exposed against Kansas City. Seattle didn't look that bad last night. Yeah, you know, right now, so much of the the chemistry and the culture that goes on with any organization, it truly does come from the players themselves. It's one of the reasons why they went ahead and they targeted some of these veterans that they brought in. And uh, it's... It's sad to see DeAndre Hopkins. That's one of the leaders inside that locker room. That is a guy right there suspended for six weeks. J.J. Watt was not able to play because of that calf right there, right? It was good to actually have Rodney Hudson out there. I actually thought Rodney Hudson played okay, played all right. He wasn't a, he wasn't um, 100%. It wasn't like he went out there 
and destroyed everybody else around him, but I actually thought he played okay. A little tape talk coming up later. Yeah, I was going to say, you went back and rewatched. the went tape. Went back and yeah. watched the tape, of course, and, uh, you know, listen, um, their leadership has taken a major hit right now, and you need those leaders to go out and play. And a new generation of leadership needs to take over as well in terms of a guy like Jalen Thompson, in terms of a guy like Buddha. Buddha is one of the leaders, obviously, inside that locker room. But there are different levels of leadership. There are different amounts of influences that a leader may have. And the culture for the Arizona Cardinals is critical going forward. That's the one thing I do agree with Colin Coward. He's right about that. The culture is going to be critical going forward. What is it? Yeah, because it it feels like it's one week. It feels like this team's sort of on the ropes, though, right now, doesn't it? I mean, we all knew they had a tough schedule to start the season, and we all knew they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks. And I honestly, I think the number you threw out yesterday, can you get through the first six weeks? Can you can you get through at 3-3? Three and three? Yeah. Look around the NFC. I know it's just one week, but it's completely upside down right now. And are teams like Green Bay and the Rams going to figure it out? Yeah, probably. But there are other teams that, that are starting. Like, I don't know. Dallas is going to figure it out. They don't have their quarterback for at least a few weeks, and they looked horrible against Tampa Bay offensively. We don't we don't know what's going to happen this season, obviously, but I think the NFC is a lot more wide open than the AFC, and we were all saying that a week ago, too. So you're not done because you lost to the Chiefs. Yeah. But it just feels like, I mean, this team just needs a win. They just need a <laughs> it win. It feels like it. It really does because of how poorly they played. And for me, once again, it's on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I, I didn't have a huge expectation for the defense. I, I didn't. And maybe that's on me. Maybe, maybe that's my bad right there. I just did not. Um, I saw them as average would be the ceiling, I think, for this defense. Now, we'll have to wait and see how it goes. Some young guys can get better, get so much better that they really, truly do impact the entire season and lift you up to where you're above average or maybe even top 10, top third in the league. But yeah, my expectation wasn't get, wasn't big for the defense, but on the offensive side of the ball, my goodness, you cannot go out and play like the Arizona Cardinals played on offense. You can't do it, especially once again. It's not like the Kansas City Chiefs are juggernauts on the defensive side of the no. ball. No, they got they've got really they have more than one defensive player, but Chris Jones is the only one you really look at and you're like, okay, this guy could be a problem going into the game. Here's one more uh, from Colin Cowherd on the Cardinals. I guess my point on Arizona is I think they have a cultural issue. I don't think the owner loves the quarterback, but is trapped. I think the coach is frustrated, the GM's frustrated with the quarterback, but they're trapped. And I think Kyler doesn't necessarily love everybody with the Cardinals, but he got a he got the bag, so he's going to do what he wants to do. And there's not much you can do. But when it starts going public like like this, I mean, I've never heard a coach. So we got to be, we got to practice better. Uh, our practice habits are better. After what I just witnessed in the off season, that's just a shot at the quarterback again. So this is what I would say, Wolf, and, and you know, take Cowherd's comments however you want. But <laughs> this team is going to be under a lot of scrutiny nationally. They already yeah. were, just because the way everything played out in the off season. Yeah. Hard Knocks is going to be here in a month and a half. Like, there's going to be so much more focus on the Cardinals, I feel like, nationally than we're used to. And you'd like to start stacking some wins. Yeah, I just want to say this right there. I just totally disagree with Coward in regard to saying practice. We didn't practice well. You know, it starts in practice. You know how many coaches have cited practice? Yeah, and I didn't. For, for, a, for a week of, of going out and playing poorly? Oh, my goodness. We didn't practice. That's nothing right there. 
when we talked to Cliff Kingsbury, what did he say to us? He said, eh, we didn't really have a sense of urgency. That, to me, I even asked Cliff yeah, on that. I, 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 I have, followed up and asked him on that. What do you, you know, week one in the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs playing at home. What do you mean urgency? I, I have his response here from our show yesterday. That they knew week one was coming, but I, I think the level of play that um, the Chiefs played at was was uh, a step above probably what they anticipated. You know, I don't think they saw what was coming, and um, it woke us up. There's no doubt. It showed how far we have to come in a short time to get ready to compete in this league, and uh, hopefully um, we show that on Sunday. Seeing that is it right there. Week one to week two in the NFL. Did it wake them up? Basin earnings, we're all going to see. I just didn't think when Cliff was talking about the practice stuff that that he was trying to make some huge statement that he wanted to reverberate reverberate around the NFL. I didn't feel like he was trying. I just felt like he was kind of answering a question. Now, is there a potential problem there? Yeah, sure. But I just I didn't feel like he was trying to make some huge statement. And I just wonder how everything's going to play out this season because there already are a lot of people focused on the Cardinals because of that clause in Kyler's contract that don't follow the Cardinals, but they're focused because of that. And there's going to be hard knocks. Oh, if yeah. the team starts 0-2 or 0-3, there's going to be even more people piling on. I just don't know that we've seen the, the level of national scrutiny we may potentially see with this team this year. And, and some of, some of that scrutiny, it's just not going to be right. But there's just going to be so much of it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what do the Cardinals need to improve the most going into Week 2 against the Raiders? We're going to ask their sideline reporter, Paul Calvisi, next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Zach Ertz, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I mean, he's just a comfort level. You know, he's always open. I don't know how. I don't know why. Lobs it. Far side. Ertz with the catch of the 30. Loose of the 20. Far side, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Zach Ertz, 47 yards. I made a point to my agent that this is where I wanted to be. No matter what the other offers would have been, I wanted to find a way to get it done here. It's pretty impressive, the trust that Kyler and him have developed in such a short time. Let's rock. I love you. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk. Cardinals now. Yeah, it is the Wolf and Luke show on a Tuesday, and we're joined right now on the Arizona Sports Line by Arizona Cardinals sideline reporter Paul Calvisi. Paulie, how's uh, how's your Tuesday treating you? Like Robert Sala, I'm keeping receipts, gentlemen. Just know that going in. <laughs> Paulie, that was great right there, right? Um... <laughs> Speaking of... You're the coach of the Jets. What do you expect? I, <laughs> I mean, you know, talk about thin skin in New York. Oh, my oh, goodness. It's week man. one. The media is going to have a feast the next 16 game weeks. Yeah, Paulie. So go ahead and talk to me about what you saw from your belt-high perspective on week one for the Arizona Cardinals out at State Farm Stadium. You know what? I'm holding myself accountable right now. You know I, that, you gentlemen? Know, good, Paul. Everyone should start after a loss like that by looking themselves in the mirror. Did we not hear that repeatedly by all the players in that locker room? So I'm going to start with thou. And I said yesterday, I'm going to stop talking about 7-0, and 10-2. And, and it's time to start talking about 1-6, and six, your last seven games. It's time to change the focus. Forget about how last year started. Look at how it finished and how this year has begun. Look at this current stretch. Why? What's going on? How much of it is correctable? Is it truly the energy, the intensity, the urgency? Because if it is, okay, that's the good news. But I think for that reason, everyone's on on high alert in week two. Because what does it look like? I, yeah, I, on that sideline, I tell you what it felt like. 
it felt like what happened to Tennessee last year. What the Cardinals did to the Titans last year in Nashville is yeah. exactly what the Chiefs did to the Cardinals this year. In that, oh, wait a minute, hello, uh, yeah, uh, you know what? That's what regular season football is all about. That's what it takes to win a regular season football game. The Titans were surprised and shocked by it a year ago. The Cardinals' intensity, the way they brought it, just like I think the Cardinals were to some degree against the Chiefs on Sunday. Talking to Paul Calvisi, uh, Paul, you mentioned one and six now in their last seven games. If you carry over last season into this season, and I think one of the toughest part for fans of, of week one against the Chiefs is it felt like the end of last season. Um, one of the things that's standing out is for whatever reason in that seven game stretch, this team's having a really hard time bouncing back from adversity. Like you should be able to lose a game or have a bad series and then not have it snowball. Any sort of thought as to why they may be having an issue with that? Is it really just, is it a talent thing? Is it something else? Well, I'll say this. Uh, Right now, I mean, if you're looking at, okay, what gets better with the energy, the intensity, the urgency? You know, obviously a a lot gets better. If you get certain players back, the Cardinals are going to be better when they get DeAndre Hopkins back and and Rondale Moore and J.J. Watt and Antonio Hamilton. Okay, all right. But I'm beginning to wonder, at least... uh, It's on my radar. If the Cardinals are truly going to miss the guy they never get back, Jordan Hicks. Because is that Cardinals defense truly sound right now? Mm. When you look at uh, Cardinals, like take the comment from Cliff Kingsbury when he said about Patrick Mahomes, uh, too often he had it way too easy. Yeah. Uh, And so how much that had to do with the Cardinals just not having the right guys in the right places at the right time? Paul, I think there was, I mean, you could see the communication issue on the field. There were a lot of guys that were looking at each other. And, yeah, anytime you have that kind of difficulty, man, you have no chance for the most part of everything, though, that we talked to Cliff Kingsbury about um, yesterday, Paulie, for me personally, the, the biggest shock was the fact that he cited the lack of urgency he felt in week one, Paulie. And, man, you know, you think of everything you have to play for. It's week one in the National Football League. You're you're playing at home. You're playing against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, You you would think, my goodness, the, the urgency level would be high in that situation. Right now, Paulie, that's where my biggest concern is. Yeah, when Kyler says, unprompted at the post-game press conference, quote, you can't feel yourself in this league, you get embarrassed. Right. What does that mean? Where does that come from? Uh, how does that change effective immediately when Cliff Kingsbury is asked, what do you address first this week? And he, he immediately said practice habits, having that sense of urgency. And what, what has he told us this week? What did he tell you guys? That every single rep on the practice field is going to have to be treated like a game rep. No more of this, hey, you know what? I would have made that play in the game. You know, I, I promise I would have been there in the game. No, I think the coaches now need to see it. You know, maybe there was a trust factor going into week one. And, uh, you know, the coaches believing the players are going to prove it come game time. But now they think they need to see it this week on the practice field. Point, and going into this Raiders game, look, if they don't get more of a pass rush, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a problem. This Raiders O-line is not good. They are not good. They were rotating two different right tackles. They were rotating two different right guards against the Chargers. They gave up six sacks and about 600 pressures. Derek Carr got battered like a crash test dummy. He had three interceptions in that game. He could have mm-hmm. had several more. He had a couple of fumbles. There were two strip sacks in that game. The Raiders' O-line is not good. 
So let's just see. Because to me, that's where it's going to start. If quarterback is number one, and it is in the NFL, 1B is getting to the quarterback. And the Cardinals got to resolve that, especially when they're so thin in the secondary at the corner spot. Yeah, if the Chargers wanted to let the Cardinals borrow Khalil Mack, I don't think. I, I wouldn't complain. if they Just just for a week, right? Just Khalil Mack for a week. Uh, yeah, just on a lease-to-own basis. Yeah, it's, I mean, it would help them, right? Sure. Gives, gives yeah. the Raiders another okay. loss. Yeah. Uh, as far as the offense, Polly Wolf and I have been going back and forth, although I think in some ways we're saying the same things. I'm, I'm more concerned, I guess, by the defense because I don't know if they're going to get better. I, I'm sort of holding out hope that the offense will get better because we've seen it better. But how much of what we saw on Sunday do you think is the injuries piling up somehow in week one? Or was it something more on the offensive side of the ball? Well, you'd like to have an answer a left guard. They spent all of last season dealing with right guard, and now it's left guard. So when you start the season with your third-string left guard, obviously that's suboptimal. Uh, and we saw Chris Jones was a factor the entire game. Even though he didn't load up the box score, that dude lived in the backfield. So that's mm-hmm. an issue. And now when you have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, you got to figure Chandler Jones is going to be about as fired up as he was in Tennessee last year when he was making the uh, you know the money sign right after his fifth sack and all that. You figure he's coming. Max Crosby was not only great getting to the quarterback, but against the run, they had him with eight run tackles. And we know how they'll run those those games and those stunts. Mm-hmm. And so Max Crosby and Chandler Jones will be coming to the interior as well. Y- you got to hope that you have an answer at left guard that Justin Pugh will be back. And I think w- if that happens, then I think that just settles down Kyler even more, Luke. And, and he's proven that, okay, when he can truly be confident and believe in his offensive line, he's been really effective. And then, of course, the Cardinals run game. When Kyler Murray is your leading rusher on a handful of carries, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, Paulie, right there. No doubt about it. Um, I'm worried about the Raiders coming out and giving the ball to Josh Jacobs and running the ball and hammering it in between the tackles. That That's where my concern is. But I'll always, I'll always come back to the offense first. Hey, if the offense plays like the offense is capable, they're going to win. If they don't, I don't think they have a chance to win. Well, and it sort of sets the pace. I mean, that entire game against Kansas City, they were chasing. They weren't dictating. They were chasing. So if the offense can come out and get that lead and then allow the defense to follow suit. But I agree on the Josh Jacobs. Uh, There's no doubt. I think they're going to run it at the two young guys. They're going to run it straight at Zayvon Collins. They'll run it straight at Isaiah Simmons. They'll make those two young guys prove they can get off a block. They can make a tackle. Josh Jacobs, you better get a lot of hats to the ball. He's going to break every arm tackle Mm -hmm. that's out there. You know, I I said this um, on our podcast yesterday with Craig Grillo. I said, if I'm the coaches, I, I take video and video clips and I show Dennis Gardeck and I show Eno Benjamin and I show Zach Allen and I show Buda Baker. You can count on one hand how many guys really brought it against Kansas City. And, and I put those guys up there. And, uh, and I put everyone on notice here in week two that at the very least, you better not be talking about energy, intensity, and urgency right. after week two because then I think the only way to truly motivate any professional athlete, and Wolf, you know this better than anyone, job security. Yep. I think you sort of send that message, whether it's veiled or not. You let everyone know, okay, a lot more is expected, at least in terms of effort. Polly, great stuff, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Nice, Paulie. Yep, Paul Calvisi joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right there. When we come back, it was a crazy week one around the National Football League, and that is probably an understatement, honestly. We're going to react to all the action next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports, breaking news. 
All right, Aaron, what you got for us? So we got a statement. So a statement was released for Robert Sarver. Um, it says, quote, Good leadership requires accountability for the Suns and Mercury organizations. That begins with me. While I disagree with some of the particulars of the NBA's report, I would like to apologize for my words and actions that offended our employees. I take full responsibility for what I have done. I'm sorry for causing this pain and these errors in judgment are not consistent with my personal philosophy or my values. I accept the consequences of the NBA's decision. This moment is an opportunity for me to demonstrate a capacity to learn and grow as we continue to build a working culture where every employee feels comfortable and valued. I'm extraordinarily proud of the Suns and Mercury organizations and the record we have built concerning diversity, inclusion, and giving back to the community. It means a great deal to me that our dedicated and hardworking employees have made Phoenix a basketball destination for both players and fans. All right, so that was the statement that is attributed to to Mr. Sarver, as as the way they uh, they put it in their email. Um, a lot to unpack there, Wolf. Certainly, the accepting the consequences of the NBA's decision is one of the first things that stands out yeah. to me. Just based on you know earlier, we only really had forty three pages from the league, and we had that Woj tweet saying that Sarver wasn't real happy with the punishment or didn't expect it. Um, but now we have a statement from Robert Sarver saying, quote, I accept the consequences of the NBA's decision. I love the fact he talked about accountability and responsibility because it's so critical to this issue right here. And um, good for Robert Sarver going forward. If, in fact, this is the way that he feels, which here's the statement, we finally have got the response um, accountability and responsibility for his actions. Yeah, the buck stops with the leader. The buck stops with the owner of the organization. Of course, he's responsible. People in charge are responsible for the culture, the workplace culture, whatever it may be. You are. If you've got influence, Basinonians, over anybody, if you are a boss, quote-unquote boss, the culture is your responsibility to set. And ultimately, the owner of every organization, the culture starts and ends with him. And I'm glad to see Robert Sarver actually taking full responsibility for that. Maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why it was a year suspension and a $10 million fine. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it was it was inevitable we were going to get a response. <laughs> it actually took a little bit longer than I expected, although, you know, as uh, as we were saying earlier, you, you got to make sure that response, you don't want to just throw that together and toss it out there and then be like, oh, we regret how we worded this. So, I mean, look, there's no winners here, obviously. This, no. this is not. This is a, a bad situation top to bottom. Um, like you said, accepting the consequences, taking responsibility for it in, the, in, in Robert Sarver's statement, uh, taking responsibility for it. And he said, while I disagree with some of the particulars of the NBA's report, I would like to apologize for my words and actions that offended our employees. I take full responsibility for what I have done. Um, so that is that is part of his statement right there. You have to. You you really can't combat out with a combative statement. I don't think uh, that would have that would have just been a bad look. If yeah, you, no, oh, this I don't believe any. I'm going to fight this to the the bitter end. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine that that would have gone well. I feel like there's still a lot we don't know, but we do have 40 right. pages of a document that you can certainly read through, and there's a lot there. But a year suspension, in case you're just joining us. I mean, Robert Sarver away from the Suns now for a year uh, with the NBA's findings that were released about an hour and a half ago. Yeah. You know, you have to ask this question as well. Is this it? Does this end the story going forward? Um, you know... Uh, I, I don't think so. We'll have to wait and see how it actually goes. Um, does it end the story going forward? And when I say that, my brothers, I cannot help it. But as a former professional athlete, I look immediately to the locker well, room. Well, yeah, I think I think that's the logical place to look, right, is how do the players respond to this? You said earlier, Wolf, you brought up, you know, when this all was came sort of out of nowhere with that ESPN report back in November – as a player, you're looking around and saying, okay, here are allegations. But, you know, there's nothing else to back it up at that sure, point. So are you right. really going to let it derail your season on the court? You know, you don't know what, what's true and what isn't. And I'm not saying we know everything that's true now, but we have a, a lot more details. And, you know, we have an official league finding and we have a statement from them. We have a statement from Sarver and, you know... Um, yeah, that how the players are going to react now is, to me, the next step. Yeah, you know, think of the culture of this team and the chemistry of this team and how much they absolutely loved each other. You know, again, will this impact them in any way, shape, or form? I don't know. I, I honestly do not know. How much of a shock is this going to be to a Chris Paul? How much of a shock is this going to be to Devin Booker and the leadership, Monty Williams? How, how much of a shock will this stuff be? That's, that's the question that I ask, and I have no answer for that. But I do know the Suns' chemistry, as we all know, how critical that was to the success that they've had right now. So, you know, once again, going forward, hopefully this is going to be the end of the story. Hopefully it is, but... You could convince me it's not. Yeah, I would be surprised if it just abruptly ended today. Um, there's two ways I guess it could go. As a group of players, you could be upset one way or the other, and it could become a maybe not a distraction, but something that becomes a story that follows this team all season. Or you could look at it the other way, Wolf, and, and I don't think this is necessarily going to play out this cleanly, but you could look at it the other way and say, you know what? It, it's about Robert Sarver, and he's not going to be around the team for a year. So maybe it's even yeah, less of a distraction right. this year. Um, again, if you're just joining us, the 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 discipline handed down to Robert Sarver, a one-year suspension, can't be present at any NBA or WNBA facility, office area, or practice facility in that time, can't attend any league events or represent the Suns or Mercury in any way, must not be involved in the business operations of the teams, must complete a training program that is, quote, focused on respect and appropriate conduct in the workplace, unquote, Find $10 million as well, which is the maximum allowed by the NBA Constitution. There are 43 pages out there summarizing all the findings. I'm not going to read you all that. Where do you think Suns fans are right now on this? What, what, what do you think this does for Suns fans? I think that there are probably a lot of mixed emotions on this from Suns fans. But I, I'm not going to be naive to the fact there's a lot of Suns fans don't necessarily love Robert Sarver. Yeah. And so like you said earlier, if you were if you were rooting for or against him in the way this all played out, I think it's still kind of a of a mixed reaction today. Yeah, right. I Once again, really if is. yeah, if you didn't like Robert Sarver, you were hoping that somehow, some way, this was gonna be his Donald Sterling moment, correct? 
Yeah, you're, if you're, if you're, you're going to be fan, banned from the NBA. I mean, there were Suns fans two or three years ago before this was ever even a story that were like, I don't want Robert Sarver as the owner. Yeah, so exactly. Plenty latched on in November of like, okay, well, here, here's here's the way. Hey, to get him out. by the way, this is this is not going to be a shock to anybody. This is the way it is in the professional sports world. You've got guys on both sides of the fence, those who don't like the owner of a team and those that do. This happens all the time. Ron Wolfley reporting. Having said all of that, um, yeah, this isn't the Donald Sterling moment right here for Robert Sarver. No, and I would say actually before all this, things were getting better between Suns fans and Sarver. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, the, the team was winning. You're he right. Was, you know, he, he's obviously directly responsible for hirings of guys like Monty Williams and James Jones. I would say that relationship was getting better in the last you know couple years. More on this story certainly throughout the show today, and if there's any more developments as well. When we come back, is it a mistake to not let your quarterback play in the preseason? I think we all have feelings on this now, and there's actually a stat out there that is pretty telling. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.